from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. You know, we did want to make sure that as the neighborhood ebbed and flowed, that there was this consistency of community-connected artists that, that always had an opportunity at their income range. I, I honestly believe in the power of artists to innovate um, and to stabilize and to be connected and committed to a neighborhood. So this doesn't make sense for somebody who's looking to just cash in on the St. Louis real estate market. What you're trying to do is sort of build this neighborhood, build this community. That's absolutely right. I'm Sarah Fenske. Next Thursday, Stan Chisholm closes on his new home in the city's Gravoy Park neighborhood. That's a big deal, and not just because houses can be hard to land in this overheated market. Stan is an artist, and his home is the first purchase through the St. Louis Art Place Initiative. The effort aims to fill 19 more homes in four blocks of Gravoy Park with artists like Stan. And joining us now with more about the St. Louis Art Place Initiative is Kaveh Rosani. He's the director of operations for the St. Louis Art Place Initiative. Kave, welcome. Thank you for having me. So the Incarnate Word Foundation and Kranzberg Arts Foundation and the Regional Arts Commission came together to form the St. Louis Art Place Initiative two years ago. What was their idea with this? So it actually um, was an idea that was formulated as part of a larger community planning process. Um, Dutchtown South Community Corporation, a CDC in the Dutchtown neighborhood, um, facilitated the, Grav- the Gravoy Jefferson Historic Neighborhoods Plan, um, which was a two-year process to determine the community's needs and desires for um, all sectors of their neighborhood. Um, and uh, amidst this 350-page document, there was an arts and culture section. And in that section, there was a call for affordable for-sale housing for artists. Um, that part of Gravoy Park has seen a lot of uh, change in the last, you know, five to ten years, mm-hmm. and folks were noticing that um, it was harder and harder for artists to maintain residency in that neighborhood. Um, and a lot of those artists were um, um, sort of affected by the nature of their, you know, rental arrangements rather than home ownership. And so this planning process uh, churned out this call for affordable housing for artists. And um, Bridget Flood, the executive director of the Incarnate Word Foundation, um, was participating in some of those plans and um, thought to herself as an artist um, that she might be able to help address that need and um, connected with the Regional Arts Commission and the Kranzberg Arts Foundation to realize that call. So um, we very much find ourselves rooted in in the community's call. Yeah, and so now this has resulted in an artist moving into his home. I understand he's taken up residence even though the sale officially goes through next week, but it's safe to say this is a success. This is a success so far, yes. And uh, you know, we are learning as we go. Um, You know, we find ourselves at this intersection of um, affordable housing and arts-based community development. And, And we haven't found too many organizations nationwide that are doing things in a similar way that we are. But um, uh, this was our first case study. Um, You know, we're happy to say that we found it to be a success. We've got a lot of learning to do and and adapting to do from what we've learned along the way. But um, yeah, it's an exciting time for all of us. So the idea is to make it as easy for these artists to buy a home as it would be to rent. How does that play out in reality? Oh boy, that is a great question. Um, You know, so a big part of our process was spending the first year to two years um, doing direct community engagement. Um, and so we called round, a roundtable, um, a little town hall of artists that we knew 
were connected to that neighborhood in particular, um, either as residents, um, uh, as working artists, um, and um, asked them to inform us what their barriers were to home ownership um, and just sort of understanding um, where an artist, and not just an artist, but folks with, with similar challenges, um, inconsistent um, income on paper, inconsistent uh, employment, generally speaking, um, what their challenges were to home ownership. And so um, we took that information um, and we realized that by kind of um, attacking a couple pain points in the process of home ownership, we were able to make a large difference for folks. Um, you know, often, often, um, and not just with artists, a, a lot of lower, lower to moderate income um, individuals find that, you know, that, that uh, piece of a down payment is particularly difficult. That's hard. Yeah. And, um, you know, given um, inconsistent, you know, credit reports and that kind of thing, you know, we were able to um, create a situation by which um, we create an application. Um, we connected back-end financers to um, our process, um, making it easier for um, the underwriting experience and, um, and, and found that if we mostly um, reduced the ask on the artist on the front end, particularly with a down payment, um, that it, the process was was a lot easier. So basically, you're kicking in the initiative it is kicking in a big chunk of the down payment. Um, we are connecting our investment. Most of our um, investment goes into the building subsidy. Um, uh, as you may know, uh, building materials prices are skyrocketing. Um, it, it's going to cost us a lot more money to either build new or rehab all of our homes than than uh, what we can sell them for to land in that low to moderate income. Uh, sort of price point. And so our organization shells most of our investment into the construction process. And um, we do put some into the down payment process, but we connect with a lot of other programs to help in that regard. So other people kick in at that Absolutely, point. Absolutely, yeah. Okay. So what prevents an artist from getting one of these really sweetly priced homes in this cool part of town and then just flipping it? I mean, we all see homes getting so many offers these days. I'm sure that Stan could easily sell this if he wanted to. Absolutely. And that's kind of the nature of investing this much money in the rehab is that there is equity built into it that is greater than um, you know, the price that we're selling it for. But a big part of our organization's mission is, is sort of maintaining affordability for artists in perpetuity. Um, and in doing so, you know, we are going to help facilitate the creation, particularly in this Gradway Park footprint, of a community land trust that is sort of um, a model for collective ownership and collective management of, um, of real estate. And so um, uh, the creation of that organization is going to help codify some of the, the you can call them restrictions, I suppose, um, that will prevent that sort of thing from happening. Um, what we are doing is we are creating an option in the deed. We are deed restricting the home so that art place or its designee will always have the first right of refusal to purchase that home back. And the idea is that when Stan um, is looking to sell, if he is, um, he comes back to art place, says, hey, I'm looking to sell. And we go to our hopper of pre-approved artists who we've um, had go through the application process and directly connect the future buyer with Stan to kind of transact the sale of the home. So this doesn't make sense for somebody who's looking to just cash in on the St. Louis real estate market. What you're trying to do is sort of build this neighborhood, build this community. That's absolutely right. Yeah. And, and you know, a big part of what we're facing down there, you know, everywhere is having conversations around the notion of development and gentrification. And, and we wanted to 
um, limit the negative secondary impacts of the work that we were doing. Um, it, it would be very easy to participate in sort of like a this free market real estate game that you know everybody is attempting to participate in. For right sure. Now. <laughs> um, but you know we did want to make sure that as the neighborhood ebbed and flowed, that there was this consistency of community connected artists that that always had an opportunity at their income range. So Stan is meant to be the first of 20, and this is going to be um, all within a four-by-one block radius, That's right. ideally. What's the idea in getting everybody right there in one block versus sort of spreading them out throughout the neighborhood? So a lot of it was m- more um, availability of real estate. Um, all of our parcels came from the LRA, the city's land bank. And, and so these were homes that had been vacant or abandoned or lost to tax foreclosure. That's absolutely right. Yeah. And, and many of them, the majority of them, in fact, are uh, vacant lots. And so uh, while we are doing our best to um, protect the existing housing stock and starting there to the best of our ability, we also will be building majority new construction homes. Mm, so yeah. that's cool. Yes. I understand Habitat for Humanity is a partner in this as well. Yes. Habitat for Humanity St. Louis is actually, uh, in my my opinion, our, our key sort of partnership. Um you know, they are sort of the, the gold standard of affordable housing development. Um, I think they've built 423 houses in, in the existence of their St. Louis chapter and uh, maintain a very, very low foreclosure rate because of the way that they um, stay connected to their clientele over time and um, um, make themselves available um, to assist. So, uh, yeah, it's it's a fantastic opportunity to work So with you've them. really found a really blighted block and you're going to be, you know, sort of bringing this, this block back. Yeah, so it's um, it's it's they will fall, most of our homes will fall across four blocks, you know, within the same north north to south uh, orientation, and and um, yeah, we we think that it's going to be hugely impactful for the neighborhood. So, what kind of feedback are you hearing from people who are in the immediate um, uh, area right around there? Yeah, well, you know, I, I participate on Cherokee Street and a half for a long time as um, as a business owner, and and that was sort of what I was doing prior to this uh, organization's existence. And you know, we we pride ourselves in that part of town as being a very artist rich community. Um, and I think, um, you know, as the street has changed over the years, you know, it, there's been this this apprehension or fear that we might lose that sort of identity as an arts district. And so, um, the majority of the feedback that we're getting. Um, is is positive. People love the idea of you know folks um, being connected to a community um, and all the opportunities that 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 presents for public art and collaboration with a neighborhood. Um, I, I honestly believe in the power of artists to innovate um, and to stabilize and to be connected and committed to a neighborhood. So uh, everybody down there has, has been super supportive. How great. And to see people in this town, everybody being on the same page, that's a nice yeah, change it's, it's a rare, Yeah, it's a rare rare thing, a nice change of pace, of course. Yeah. Well, Kaveh uh, Razani, thank you so much for joining My us My pleasure. Today. Thanks for having us. This episode was produced by Evie Hemphill with audio engineering by Aaron Dorr and production assistance from Jane Mather-Glass. It was mixed and edited by Jane. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. If you learned something new from today's episode, consider leaving us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the easiest way to help people discover our show. We appreciate it. Thank you. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis.
Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com.